the Bucks are on a streak, but it is not the streak that we wanted to see from this team. They've now lost four in a row after losing a game that uh, looked pretty unlosable with a couple of minutes to go in Chicago. So we're going to ask the question about what went wrong in this game against the Bulls. We're going to continue to ask what the heck is going on with Chris Middleton. And then we're going to look ahead to a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves that in all reality now, the Bucs need to get back on the winner's list because they are slipping in the standings. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. And alongside me from the Technical Foul Podcast, and of course, this uh, very fine podcast, it's Camille Davis. And uh, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. There was no post-game show, which is very, very rare. Fortunately for me, as I found out uh, quite a bit later when I watched this game on replay, I saved myself some real-time pain by not watching the Bucks and the Bulls live. But we appreciate you joining us today, that's for sure. And I just tweeted this out, but we did get an email from the company with just some of the numbers um, for the show this year so we we ended up going well over 1 million audio downloads for the year which i think is the third year running now that we've hit that number it might be more than that and uh, in our first year on youtube we're well over 500k views as well so uh, that's a lot of people watching us camille a lot of people listening and we uh, really appreciate it if you haven't subscribed yet you should do so uh, next year we'll look to crush those numbers and hopefully have a title to talk about but right now camille it doesn't look like we've got a title to talk about and I'm going to ask you about that. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And also, I need to ask you about a Rocky Rococo visit you had <laughs> with Frank Madden. And we can get to that at the end of the podcast, but I'm very intrigued to know how that man acts when he's eating those delicious slices of pizza. But Camille. This was a disastrous end to this game against Chicago. We've been talking about where the panic meter is for this team. Uh, is it elevated at all for you? Because yeah, you wrapped double digits with only a few minutes left. We understand mm-hmm. there's no Chris, there's no Drew Holiday, but you've got to find a way to close that out. What was the most troubling thing about the back end of this game? And you can go for as long as you need to right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a few different ways to come at that. So looking solely at that Chicago Bulls game. The first thing I tweeted out after the game ended was, I know there was no Drew. I know there was no Chris. Yet and still, this was a bad loss. The Bucs should have won this game. You don't expect to see the Bucs up double digits with three minutes left in the game and seeing them completely fold. And that's what happened. I just like, the Bucs are folding right now. Um, Shots weren't falling, silly turnovers. After spending the whole game getting whatever he wanted around the rim, Giannis was getting going to find it, you know, jumpers and mid-range shots, and they just weren't falling going there uh, towards the end of the game. And Chicago kept coming. They just kept coming. They just kept coming. They just kept coming. And next thing you know, it's overtime. Next thing you know, you're looking like we're about to lose this game. And it was just kind of surreal to be sitting there watching, and you're like, Giannis dropped, what, 45? And you're just sitting there, and you're like, this feels like a game that we're just going to walk away with. 
And to see them fumble it at the end there, just to see them completely fold was just like, wow, you don't expect to see something like that from uh, a championship level contending team. And to put this loss at the end of the other three losses that we just had to top teams in the East, uh, there were Bugs fans already kind of hitting that panic meter or just at least saying like, hey, listen, there's something we need to take a look at here. And me personally, uh, we talked about this on Tech File a little bit this week, but I was like, there, there, there are some things to kind of pay attention to with the Bucks right now. And yes, it's amazing that we've had the record that we have right now without Chris Middleton. We all understand at this point, if you've listened to us on this show, how we feel about Chris Middleton, how important we think he is to this Bucks team. But yet and still, I'm, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, even if you insert Chris Middleton back in, um, I don't think that that completely wipes away every problem that we've been seeing from the Bucks right now. Another game where it's like no one can hit a three for some reason. That's that's really that's just tough luck right there because it's like you have a superstar like Giannis who creates so much attention and he gets guys very open shots. That's one thing that Javon Carter remarked when he got here from Brooklyn, where he's like, "Yeah, my three point percentage is so high right now because like I've never had this much space to shoot. Like I'm, I'm it's it's target practice. Like I'm just I'm throwing them up and they're going in." And you see a game like this and you're just like, well, why aren't they going in for guys? Like there was a point at the end of the game where Grayson had two opportunities from three. Giannis set him up perfectly and they just did not fall. And it's like, I don't know what more you can do when the shots aren't falling with the guys that you have. But it's like this seems to be par for the course for the Bucks, And I don't understand why this always happens. So the last 10 games and I had this look. Uh, had a look at this. So the last 10 games, the Bucks are 25th in three-point percentage. If you cut that back to the last seven, which is when this stretch, of, or last eight, I should say, when this stretch of games started with Golden State, they're in 26th, the three-point shooting. And if you just include the four-game skid, they're second last. Only the Memphis Grizzlies have shot the ball worse in that period. Coincidentally, the Grizzlies one and three in that stretch as well, because if you don't shoot the ball well, mm-hmm. you're going to really struggle to win in modern basketball. And they're at 29.9% over the last four you're exactly right. The Grayson Allen stuff is so fascinating because I've been defending him all season long. And one of the points I made on the podcast after Christmas Day, and it was a solo pod, I was rambling on about all sorts of stuff. And I was talking about Grayson Allen. And I said, I think part of the problem with him is I think he's valuable because the Bucks need guys that can shoot the ball. And over the course of the season, he's over 40%. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't think he's selfish enough with some of the shots. He's just going to let it fly. He's going to get those shots up. And in this game, he's three for 14. And if you tell me at the start of the game that he's going to take 14 three-point attempts, I'm pumped because there's no Drew, there's no Chris. He has to find ways to score. You don't want him pump fake and putting the ball on the floor as he has done a lot this year. Yeah, he can be aggressive. He can go to the rim at times. But primarily, his job is to hit those threes. He hit two at the in the fourth quarter, and they were big ones at the time. And you thought that, okay, they're going to steady the Bucs. They're going to be fine here. But gee, you just couldn't get a better look than those two threes there. And I sit back and say... I want to look and say, well, Giannis, I'm not sure whether a turnaround mid-range jump shot is the best shot when you're trying to win the game. He ends up traveling. It's a turnover. But he gave Grayson two perfect looks and he didn't knock them down. At some point, Giannis is going to sit back and say, well, I've trusted you. Now I need to go to my own stuff and I'm going to try and get my own shot. I still think he could have done a better job. But he already trusted the guys and they didn't deliver. Mm -hmm. And this is only one night. But I like that Grayson took that many shots. But geez, you would have liked him to knock down a few more. Absolutely. And Grayson's another guy who's talked about a lot within Bucks Twitter. We talked about him on the show. But one thing with Grayson that's been really interesting to watch, and even with Bobby Portis, is after that Boston series last year, 
um, hearing what Grayson said, okay, this series revealed to me, I need to work on X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. part of what he revealed to the public that he was working on was being, if he's getting driven off the three-point line, being able to drive, score, or make a pass. Do something else to add to the team if he gets, you know, ran off the three-point line. But what you don't expect is that's cool to add that into your game, but what you're not expecting is from the three-point line, like he's just missing. Mm. Shooting 14 threes and, and knocking down that few, like it just – you don't expect that to happen with the course of this game. So especially against Chicago because it seems like in Chicago with the Bush jersey on – Grayson Allen is a flamethrower. So uh, you don't expect to see something like that with him, but it's unexpected there. It's unfortunate that it had to happen this way. And like I mentioned before, Bucks fans say like that's par for the course with Bucks fans, with, with the Bucks team where they just have these spurts of they just can't knock down a three. And to your point of that unselfishness, it's it's kind of funny. I was I kind of wish he had a little bit uh, a Brent Forbes in him where it's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting this ball and I'm I'm putting it up and I'm getting my shot no matter what is going on because Grayson is talented shoot a, a good three point shooter. So a guy who's shooting forty percent from three, yeah, you want him taking fourteen threes, but it just didn't happen to fall for him against Chicago. I want to give Eric Name some credit here because I was talking to him the other day about Grayson Allen and we were just having a conversation and he said something that I thought was hilarious, but I also saw, also like kind of makes some sense. He said, if you could combine like the unconscious shooting of just not even thinking for a second of Bryn Forbes with the size and length defensively of Tony Snell and then the actual effort night tonight of Grayson Allen, you've got a pretty good player because that's the one thing even defensively I said that I, I can't knock Grayson Allen for not trying. He just has limitations that at this point you don't know whether they're going to change and namely against the Celtics, it's the size. And I thought it was pretty funny. And just to think about that, if he had a couple more inches, perhaps. Uh, and yeah, at times, if he had a bit more confidence, because the funny thing is, you talk about the home stuff. So he's 47% from three so far this year at home. On the season, he's at 38. So I, I don't have the road split in front of me, but I imagine it's in the mid to low 30s, which you know is weird because he had his big moment with the Bucks on the road when he was the ultimate villain. Mm-hmm. He's been a villain his whole career, so it should, doesn't feel like those road environments would bother him. But unfortunately, last night, uh, he just wasn't able to knock them down when the Bucks needed. Uh, I want to talk about the inbounds play. I'm fascinated to know what you think. The Bucks are up to end of regulation. All they really need to do is get the ball in, get fouled, knock down free throws, and we're not even discussing this. We might be a little concerned still, but we say, hey, no Drew, no Chris. This is a win. You absolutely bank and move on. Maybe it's better they lost because they're actually going to have to work through some stuff. But I want to ask you about the inbounds play after a message from NHTSA. Uh, Camille, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. The few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but then you think you live nearby. You made it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads, particularly during this time when everyone is out and about a little more so than usual. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Also check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski will have you covered with all the sports news of the day with the help 
of local experts from across the network. I'll pop in from time to time and talk about the Bucks as well. So check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski. The inbounds play. Let's just call it the inbounds play. Now, we've watched a lot of Bucks basketball over the years, Camille. So uh, let's just say the idea that the Bucks might struggle to get the ball inbounds, to me, not, not, not groundbreaking, not shocking. We've seen this uh, many, many times before. What's your read? On the entire situation, and if people didn't watch the game, essentially they get the ball. Giannis is inbound. He gets the ball into Grayson Allen the first time. He's fouled. They had a foul to give. The next time, uh, ultimately, they ran the exact same play. And I don't know how else to describe it other than Giannis just handed the ball to DeMar DeRozan. It was very close to five-second uh, violation there. But there wasn't a lot of movement. There perhaps wasn't too many other options. I'm not sure who you blame or what to blame, uh, but it was a... Dreadful turnover. The game goes to overtime because off the steal, uh, the Bulls get a dunk tied up. What do you think? It was one of those moments where you're just kind of watching it unfold and you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> and uh, after the game, hearing all the players pretty much had the exact same response to it, where it's like, we just ran the same play and it just feels as if Chicago stepped it out. And DeMar DeRose is like, yeah, you know, I, I saw, they just ran the same play. So, just tried to jump it and it was able to get a good jump on it, get the steal. And, you know, we, we got the bucket, but uh, I think Giannis said he was looking for Pat. I think he might've met some, someone else he was looking at too. He's like, but they weren't open. He's like, so I, only person I saw flashing was Grayson again. So I threw it into Grayson and it got turned over and it is like, that's, that's what happened. So it's one of those plays where it's like, I think to the was it against the Mavericks where Chris Middleton was like, I know what this in the game play is about to be. Like, let's they're gonna try to force us to switch here. So why don't we do this on this play for Luca? Camille, why is it so much cooler and so much funner when it's the Bucks that know what's going on? Exactly. It's it's <laughs> it's similar. Like it's that basketball IQ where it's like, okay, I've seen this before. So I am going to trust my instincts on this play and try to make something happen. And for the Bulls, where it's like end of game. Something has to shake at this point because if we don't get anything going, like we're going to lose. So to try to trust your instincts, jump the pass. It's a great play by DeRozan. Um, as for the Bucks, it's a learning lesson. Probably shouldn't run the same uh, <laughs> the same action out of that you know that time out there from this from the, the sideline. So hopefully going forward in the future, they kind of shake things up a little bit or have some different movements, some different options that pop up, but. Uh, it's just a situation where the other team understood what was happening and made a play. It's interesting because, I mean, clearly, I, I got no problem. If people sit back and say, what, what, you know, what is Bud doing? Why don't you do something different? Like, I'm totally fine with that. I still think I was watching it. I thought part of the problem is, and I, I've got the quote here from Giannis, so I thought it was worthwhile um, pulling it up. So he says, it kind of felt like we ran the play and they felt grace, and that was the first time. And then we ran it again, and I and I felt like it should have been a different option. And what he means by that, I, I don't think he's talking about a different play, but he's just saying whether you get to ball the pack, get the ball to Brook, get to George Hill in the backcourt. Uh, G Hill or Pat, but I looked at them both, and they weren't ready to receive the ball. The only person that came my direction was Grayson, so it's on me. Got to make a better pass. Maybe got to call timeout. But I think they knew the play the second time we ran it, and they were able to jump the passing lane and get the ball. So I, I thought there was a few things that happened because – I. As I went back and I watched it like 10 times today to see what people were doing. It felt like Pat was just going through the motions, running to the corner, like he was never going to be an option. It, it didn't look like he was really that intent on receiving the ball. So that was one thing. Secondly, George Hill before the second time is like pointing to Giannis and saying, just get it to me in the backcourt. But with, And I think he could have got it to George Hill easily both times. But that option is only there for 
like you have to go to that very, very quickly. And mm-hmm. I, I think that perhaps if you're in that situation, inbound in a ball, and Giannis doesn't inbound, inbound the ball that much either, I don't think, like from, from memory. I understand why, because he's not a great foul shooter. You don't, you know, in a perfect scenario, you don't want him getting fouled. But if he was going to go to George Hill, I thought it was an easy pass, but he had to do it straight away. So once he held the ball, George Hill is out of the mix. Brooke Lopez screens and then doesn't move. Yeah, I guess you could lob it up in the air, but that's pretty risky. So I, I just thought there was probably a little bit too much time wasted there. There was there was some options that could have been taken, which Yana said. He said himself. He, mm-hmm. he could have he could have gone um to a different option there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe you have Joe Ingles inbound the ball. I think he's probably a better passer in that situation. And then at least you have a safety valve of just throwing the ball up in the air to Giannis. He's going to make the catch and get fouled. And it might not be the ideal scenario, but at least um, you don't end up with a turnover. So I'm not sure. But as I said, the Bucks have had these problems a lot. We've spoken about the, the last play they've drawn up for different shots at different times. It, it's never really been a clinic. So yeah. yeah, I got no problem with where people are frustrated at, but it was pretty messy. I I don't feel confident in those situations that they're going to get the ball in. Do you? Not necessarily. It's it's a it's a gamble there, but it, it's in part because it's like I've seen so many crazy things happen at this point. Where it's <laughs> like I don't feel like anything is is really a given here. But um, yeah, when I saw that that particular play just get deflected and stolen, and they were off to the other way, I was just kind of like that that feels like the right thing to be happening given how everything else has transpired. Like based on the way the bucks were collapsing, it was like, of course, at this point we have a turnover trying to get the ball inbound. So it was kind of like, we're going to overtime for sure. I want to ask you about Marjan Bochamp and how you feel, because it's, it's clearly a talking point. People are curious about what can happen with him over the next few months. And then I want to ask another question about Giannis because I'm not 100% sure, but just this is purely off the top of my head. It feels like 39 field goal attempts is probably a career high. Was that, I'm not sure if anyone noted that down, but it oh, feels like sure. that is that is a lot of shooting for Giannis. So I want to ask you about Marjan, ask you about Giannis, and then we'll look ahead to the game against Minnesota where, let's face it, the Bucks need to get a win. But first, we'll talk about Rocket Money, which is formerly known as True Bill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And I can tell you, I got a tax bill the other day that made me feel physically ill, and I needed to go to Rocket Money to figure out where I'm wasting my money because I need to start doing a better job of saving. So over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like a streaming service you bought to watch one show or perhaps a free trial that's never even been used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to 720 bucks a year, which is obviously uh, pretty handy cash. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. And uh, save yourself some cash. Do yourself a favor with that one there. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, go to uh, Locked On Sports Today podcast and listen to Peter Bukowski there for all your other sports news. And uh, he does a good job over there with that fine show. So make sure you do that. Camille, Marjan Bochamp played a grand total of two minutes in this game. Um, not much you can take away from that. Uh, where are you at in terms of the urgency that you just need to play this man 
every night. Funny you should say that, Kane. Um, That was one of my talking points this week on Tech File, and uh, my co-host Eric made a great point. He was like, if you look at some of the losses the Bucs have taken, um, they come against these younger, more athletic teams, and you look at this Bucs roster, and we just don't have that type of roster construction. And I was like, isn't that interesting? You kind of have someone on the bench that fits into that profile, just a younger, more athletic guy. And I was like, and that happens to be Marjan. And we had a debate about, well, not necessarily a big debate, but just a quick back and forth about like, is should he be playing right now? Should he be playing and getting these minutes? And the point that I was making where it's like, I'm not sure if Marjan is going to be a guy who you can trust in the playoffs. I'm, I don't know if he can make that case in his rookie year. That might be a tall ass for the kid. But we have seen flashes of him where he's put in these positions and he makes the right play, whether it's making the right pass, moving his feet quickly on defense. Uh, as mentioned, he's not great when it comes to getting over and through screens, but he's also 6'8", so that's kind of expected a little bit. But just straight on-ball defense, he's pretty good, moves his feet really well. He's been shooting uh, confidently when he gets that catch and shoot opportunity. He's not scared to let it fly. And at this point, when you're looking at three-point percentages from other guys on the roster, what do we have to lose by throwing Marjan in there as well? And I'm in the camp now where it's like, I would love to see him get at least a few minutes every game. It doesn't have to even be excessive. If we can just find ways to sneak in, you know, five, five minutes or five, seven minutes or so in, earlier on in the game, before his garbage time, just to see what he's able to do in certain situations. I think that could go a long way, not only for his development, but just seeing what we have, because I feel like when you look at this Bucks roster and you spent time talking about it, I think on one of your solo pods where we understand that that guard spot, that two guard spot is the weak spot for the Bucks roster. It's understood. I don't think anybody could really argue with that at this point. And not saying that Marjan fits ideally into that two spot, but if you're able to have somebody on the floor, um, athletic, full motor, full go, I think that's just something worth taking a look at because that's something that we really have. And I think the Bucks are kind of missing that little, that, that juice a little bit when it comes to uh, the type of player that Marjan is. So I'm in camp. Let's get Marjan some more minutes. Um, not saying that he necessarily has to, you know, come out and play 30 minutes, 20 minutes a game, but I would love to see him get at least 10 or so, especially during the regular season here. I mean, you can see, and I think even on this road trip where it's like, guys are tired. They've been traveling a lot. They've been playing a lot of games. Let's see what the young guy can do here. I agree with you. I think you made some bloody fine points there, Camille. So here's the thing. I, I've been someone this the whole time is like, well, let's be patient. We need to wait until guys get back. I understand why it might be difficult for Marjan to play. If you've got Middleton, Holiday, Joe Ingles there as well, because I think it's, I think it's really important. And I understand why p- people are impatient and they've already written off Joe Ingles, but I think it's really important with the investment, with the salary slot, to make sure you see what you've got here in the next month. I think you absolutely have to do it. The guy I'm looking at is probably Wes, and he played 31 minutes in this mm-hmm. game. I don't think he's had a great week with some of those defensive assignments that we've seen him do a really good job at in the past. I don't think Matthews has been overplayed this year. He's only, he's played 25 games, 15 minutes per game. But I think, again, in the lead-up to the trade deadline where, admittedly, to your point, and Frank makes it all the time, expecting a rookie to come in and be an impact player in the playoffs – you're probably going to be disappointed if that's where your expectations are. That's just based on history. That's that's not to say you can't have one guy. But the only way you'll know is if you if you let him play through mistakes. Now, I would say that in the past, I've been pretty strong on, well, the Bucs are winning all these games. I totally get why Bud goes to the vets and he trusts them. 
But if you're getting 31 minutes from from West in this game against the Bulls, he's one for five. I do not feel confident when he's shooting threes at the moment. He's down to 32% on the season. He only scores three points. Now, he was a plus one. It's not like the minutes were disastrous, but you know, that's the guy that I'm looking at where I feel confident that if West, if you, if you play Marjan and you go, okay, I don't think this is quite working out, but we're going to know a summer with him. We think he's a piece moving forward, which I really do. I think he's an NBA player. But I think this next month is where you use it to find out what Marjan is and is there any real upside this year for this team in a position of need. So I, I would have the urgency right now to make sure it happens. And again, I thought that was another game where you just find out, see what you got. You know, to, you know West plays 31 minutes. You can't tell me you can't get you know, Marjan 10 of those. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's exactly where I'm at, where it's like, just let's see what he can do. Like, we have established what Wes can do on this mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Um, and as time continues to go on, he might not be able to do it as effectively. And that's just the, being real about it, because father time is undefeated. We all know that. So during the regular season, like this is the time, this is your window to be able to use Marjan and see what he can do. Keep some of those minutes off of the vets' bodies, because we don't need Wes playing 31 minutes on a random uh, Wednesday in, in December. Like it's, it's not necessary. Yeah. We don't need it at this point. So let's see what Marjan can do here. Like we, what do we have to lose at this point? At, <laughs> what do we have to lose? And I think, as I've said before, you know, probably the concern, if you put Marjan on a guy like DeRozan, who is, you know, who he would have ended up guarding. Your, your concern is that, he fouls a little bit too much, and the Bulls did go to the free throw line for 30 points, and you, you're putting him in a really difficult place to succeed defending a guy like DeRozan who scorches the Bucks no matter what. But at the end of the day, I mean, he was 15 for 25 from the field and had 42 points. I mean, if he, if he's not missing anyway, right. have a no go and, and see what happens for a few minutes. So that's probably where I'm at. The honest stuff, we, we don't really have time to get into. I mean, the only point for me that I was going to bring up, and, and Bud said it after the game, he said, look, I, I think he's doing a decent job of deciding when to try and put the team on his back, when to facilitate. I've spoken that, you know, I think with all these injuries that just won't go away, there's some concern that the load is just really high on him. And yeah, he had 45 points, he had the 22 rebounds, but 45 points and 39 shots is clearly not all that efficient. Right you can't say that he's not fatigued right now because he's doing it all for this team. So not no criticism of Giannis, just probably my own concern. And maybe my, I don't need to be concerned about it, but he's just doing a lot right now for this team that's missing its key players, which leads me to this game against Minnesota. And it's uh, pretty concerning because Chris Milton's still out. Would love some clarity. I think everyone's in the same boat in terms of what the heck's going on. If Because I, I kind of, part of me feels like if he actually had an injury with the knee, maybe that's better than if it's just straight up persistent soreness that just won't go away and they don't know what the problem is. But uh, we'll see. We'll see when he gets back. And then Drew Holiday, who originally was on the injury report as having a hamstring contusion. Now all of a sudden he's got the non-COVID illness again. Everyone is sick, Camille. So uh, chances are the Bucs are going to play the Timberwolves at home without those two guys again. So, hey, those guys are going to have a shot to do something. Maybe Grayson Allen gets hot tonight, tomorrow night. I'm not sure, but... They do need a win. Yeah. In the worst way at this point, uh, seeing this losing streak reach to five would be uh, disappointing to say nonetheless. And again, when Bucks or any team goes on a road trip, you're like, okay, well, if we win half, it's a success. Bucks didn't do that. We're unable to get half of those games on this particular road trip. Now you're coming back home. Uh, I guess the Timberwolves, which is a team that um, 
isn't one of you know the top teams in the West. Like Anthony Edwards is doing this thing a little bit now with a little bit more space to run the offense as he sees fit. Um, but yet and still, this is the game where you're like, the Bucks need to get like the Bucks should get this game. I would expect them to beat the Timberwolves, and you're like, well, without Chris, without Drew, and it's like. I think we have enough bodies. We have enough experience. We have enough talent to be able to make that a game and playing at home. You, you want the bucks to get this one. No cat for the T wolves. Uh, so there's something, but we'll get the latest installment probably of Giannis versus Gobert, which has always been fun, a little bit different with him in Minnesota. But as I mentioned to you before we started, the bucks have had a five game winning uh, losing streak, I should say in the buddy era. And it happened in 2021. So maybe it's best for the bucks to lose this game. <laughs> then go on and win an NBA championship. So I don't know. Maybe we're going to look for some positives here, Camille. I don't know what else to do at this point in time, but I'm going to ask you about this, this tweet that Frank put up <laughs> the other day. Uh, the support group for those people who have to deal with me multiple times per week, which includes uh, Eric Name, Frank Madden, Justin Garcia, and yourself, Camille, got together and had some Rocky Rococos. Can you please tell everyone what the experience is like of Frank being in that building eating that pizza? Uh, pure joy, pure joy. No, um, it, it was really cool because I've spent time, you know, on here recording the show with Justin, but we have not gotten a chance to meet in person. Yeah. Um, have been Twitter for our Twitter, Twitter friends, Twitter followers. Me and Frank and Eric have all been following friends. each other for, for gosh, years and years and years on Twitter. And so we never really got a chance to meet. So being able to all sit down for a little while and just kind of have some some food and some conversation was really cool to uh, meet outside of Twitter. So it was it was enjoyable. No, it's something I got to do at some point. I can imagine almost Frank not talking because he's just eating and hoovering this pizza down for the whole entire time you're there. But it looked like a bit of fun. I'm a little bit jealous about that, but we can uh, get around and do it ourselves when I get over there at some point in time. All right, weekend basketball, Friday night basketball. Bucks and the T-Wolves. We'll see. We'll see if the Bucks get a win. We'll see if I'll be able to drag someone onto the podcast after. But the only way you'll know whether that happens is if you subscribe, uh, particularly on YouTube, and then hit the bell for the notifications. And if we decide to go live for a post game, you'll be able to join us and uh, either be relieved, very happy, or maybe enraged. But either way, we appreciate it when you come and join us on the show. Camille, you're the best. I will speak to you next week. And for everyone else, uh, take it easy. And please... Don't get too worked up just yet. Give give the Bucks a little bit more of a chance. We'll see what they can do over the next few games. <laughs>